bring you, take you closer into your walk with God. So um, the title is, uh, What Will You Give God? And um, I got to thinking about this. This Easter, as Easter comes and Lent, and the Lent starts popping up, you know, Lent is six and a half weeks before Easter, 40 day, representing the 40 days of fasting that Jesus did, excluding Sundays. And as I began to think about, I went some decent research about it, and it's actually not in the Bible, but early Christians, they, they, they you know, did participate, the Catholic Church participates in Lent. And I started thinking about what should we give up, you know, what do you give up? And a better thought came into my mind, well, what do I give? And so um, that's why we're talking about this, is truly giving to God yourself. And what, um, but in my research, um, Lent starts, has a lot of rules, like, and people give up some strange things. Like, you are you know, you're supposed to not eat any meat, except on Friday, um, on Friday you eat fish. But some interesting things that people give up. 29% of people give up television for not 40 days, or the six and a half weeks. They may give up caffeine, social media, chocolate. <laughs> How hard would that be? <laughs> fast food, alcohol. You know, I started thinking about the things, um, shopping, <laughs> complaining, gossiping. Um, some of these things we should give up in our everyday life. For Catholics, it's a sin to eat meat on Friday, so they eat fish. And so there's a lot of rules associated to that. Um, it also uh, kicks off, I think, with Ash Wednesday, which also intrigued me. You know, what is the ash all about and that's about where the he puts a cross on your head and he says um dust you are dust and you shall return to dust and how true that is you know we are being graciously created by the almighty who created us from dust and we are ultimately going to eternally live with him but our mortal body will die so this is a time of repentance and mourning and um, any self-indulgence is discouraged marriages are forbidden and um, the reason why we have Easter eggs is because eggs come from an animal and um, you couldn't eat them during the week and so on Sundays they would bring out all their eggs and try to eat all their eggs because you could eat meat you could eat meat on Sunday and so so this is why Easter eggs came from so all of that is interesting and it all led me to think another thought and that thought is what will I give God instead of what do I give up and for me um, and this is just me. I don't know about you, but self-denial is good. And I'm not saying it's not good, but it, it's good for your flesh. It's good for you to, you know, for you to get your self. Um, it gives you wisdom. It gives you um, some, some strength you may not have before. But giving is better. <laughs> it's. The giving of your life to God, 
what will we give God when we give him our love instead of giving up TV? Well, or we give him our time, that's a self-denial, but when we give it in joy, when we give it in a loving and joyful spirit, it is so much better to give something to God versus giving up something for God. If you're a Christian and you walk in the spirit, you will automatically be giving up the things of the world. And, um, you know, I think about um, the love that we want to give God and share with God. And I think about when my husband asked me to marry him, um, like almost 37 years ago, I, I told him um, I would, he would, as long as he knew that there would always be somebody that I loved more than him, that I would marry him, and that he had to realize that, you know, Jesus Jesus was going to be my first love. Jesus was going to be the most important love in my life. And, and if he could deal with that, <laughs> then my answer was yes. So um, life is so much more than what we give up. It's, it is about what we give. And the Bible teaches us about that God will give us his desires of your heart. And I started, I'm going to talk about the desires of my heart being fulfilled in many ways. And, um, but God reminded me that those desires are fulfilled through our service. God fulfills the desires of our heart when we serve him. And giving service is also giving up. But when you do service in the spirit, it's about receiving so much more and the the word for that is that serving God be finding a place in the church being faithful that is what brings the desires of your heart alive when you put yourself into service and um, so I wanted to say going back thinking about Lent I know we are required to deny our flesh, but not just on special occasions, but also um, con- continuing because if it's if it's not if it's not the spirit, then it's the flesh, right? So, in um, if we could look at Matthew six twenty five thirty four. Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and body and more than clothing? Do we have another? 26 is there. Look at the birds of the air. Yeah, look. Oh, yeah, that one is shorter, right? Yeah. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap. Gather into your barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. For are you not more than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to your statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
They neither toil nor spend. And yet I say that you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, nor if God was so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly fathers knows what you need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient into the day is enough trouble. So... When we think about extreme denial of our flesh, we need to be aware of self-righteousness. What self-righteousness does is it gives our flesh confidence that we are right with God, believing that when we give up these fleshly items, that we have a higher morals than others, and that we're better and intolerant, and, and, and we become... We have to be conscientious of being using those things that we give up as touchstones for our righteousness because we don't have the righteousness. Only Jesus and through his saving us and through his righteousness are, do we inherit true righteousness. So I just wanted to um, also read about Matthew 23, 27, and 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully outward, but inside you are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to man, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and and lawlessness. So when we give up things, it is most important to be doing that in the spirit Giving in the spirit. Giving up your fleshly things is a way to gain wisdom and knowledge if done correctly. We replace those things with godly time, godly energy, and offerings to God. A heart that is right with God results in a life that bears much fruit. The giving, giving in the spirit. So giving in the spirit. As I said, the heart that is right with God results and bears much fruit. The giving and the giving up must be done in the spirit. If it's not spirit, then it's flesh. And it's okay. And it's required to be faithful and follow all the rules that I was, you know, that we have. But to do it, but it's not okay to do it in a way that you become and think that you are more righteous than another person. We need to please God in ways by seeking mercy and walking humbly. So I want to talk a few minutes about being humble and and knowing um, what pleases God. So knowing what pleases God. Remember, that's how I all started this, is we give up something, and then the word came to me like, oh, how much more to give to God and to truly give ourselves and our love. So knowing what pleases God, if you want to know what pleases God, just read Psalms. (laughs) I mean, Psalms is all about worship and having a heart that is so close to God in a daily, daily walk. 
Um, I did this a few times, and I want to share a little rhythm from Billy Graham, how he read the book of Psalms and Proverbs every month. So if you're ever just sitting there wondering, what should I read in the Bible, I would always go and do this, read whatever day of the week is it, is it, and it is the 26th day. So you, uh, you go to Psalms 26, and you read Psalms 26. This is what Billy Graham did every day. And then the, after you read the 26th verse of Psalms, you add 30 to it, and you would read verse 56. And then from 56, you would add 30, and you would read verse 86. And then after that, you would add 30 and read verse, verses 126. And then when you add 30, you don't get any more books because there's only 129 books in Psalms. And then you go over to Proverbs and read the 26th verse of Psalms. Voila, you do that every day for your life. You've read the book of Psalms and Proverbs in, in one month. But God wants our praise and he wants our worship. And I just think that's a good little tool and example. It's just, it's, it's being spending time in his word is our most simplest way to get close to him you know it doesn't have to be complicated um we it needs to be a loving thing for our relationship with god and so you're here today and i'm so glad you are here and i hope that what i'm saying will inspire you to open up the psalms or open up whatever part of the bible and and experience a way to you to give a hundred percent of yourself to him to listen to what he wants you to do and to do what he asks, that's what pleases that's what pleases God. So if we look at John fifteen five, we are reminded that Jesus speaking, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am here bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So we are reminded of that. And also Mark four twenty. But These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. This is our benefit of hearing the word and having it go on good ground. James 4.10 reminds us, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We know God loves What God wants from us is he loves a humble heart. And also uh, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty power of God that he may exalt you in due time. So, God's plan for our life is much better than we can imagine. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. God's plan for your life is so much better than you can imagine. Hey, do you have that title? There we go. I specifically try to work my scriptures into my title, so... Um, God's plan is so much better for your life than you can imagine. I recall once that Pastor Goodluck preached a wonderful sermon 
called an offering that God would write about. That must be a pretty big offering. But he's asking us to offer our life, our sacrifice, our time, to be in service of him. The benefit is that we are granted the the desires of our heart when they align with him. So understanding the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, we get closer to God by giving ourselves to him. I'm talking about the self that wants to be with a friend, the self that's a constant loving companion. Living a life consumed by God's presence is a sacrifice of all we are and dedicated to one purpose of walking with him. We receive joy when, when we give him our time. We receive love from him when we give him our love. We receive um, the awe in our life when we awe of God's creation. His majesty. When I see him in everything that he created around me, we are reminded of God's voice with the birds chirping. We are reminded of his hand in the sunrise and the sunset. When I'm willing to give up everything for him, yielding to his grand plan, he sits us in the Garden of Eden. Could I look at Ezekiel 36:35, please? So they will say, the land was desolate. The land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined seasons are now fortified and inhabited. In this life, it's possible to be in a garden with Jesus, to be in the Garden of Eden with Jesus. I want to tell a testimony about my experience at the Ark and with Pastor Goodluck and Angela. And I, I can't remember the year, but it was sometime 2016, 2017. I immediately, you know, I came into service um, and I wanted to, when I came to this church, I wanted to do whatever I could to help. And I was working in the back with Teresa. But I got a thank you note from Pastor Goodluck and Angela. And it thanked me for my service and the ministry at the Ark. And it prayed Ezekiel 36, 35 over my life that God would make everything concerning me the Garden of Eden. And I want to tell you how much and how that is so alive in my life, the Garden of Eden now. When um, my husband and I, we, we've, uh, we've obviously got a lot, been together for a long time, but there was a period where we drove to work together. This is before he moved to Chicago and worked there four and a half years, but we were working really close. In fact, we worked in the same company and we drove to work and every day we would talk about our future and we would talk about how great our retirement was going to be, how great that was you know, our dreams, how we dreamed of traveling, how we dreamed of everything, you know, we had all these different options of things we wanted to do, you know, we wanted to maybe, our plan was never to stay in Houston. <laughs> you know, Houston was just the where where we were, we dreamed of maybe getting an RV, of selling it and living free, maybe of being so free we could live in Europe, my husband always wanted to move to Colorado, but that never worked out for him. Um, our dream wasn't ever to stay here, um, but at one point in time, he took a job in Chicago, and he was gone working there for four and a half years, and he was away from home 
a lot of, and he's back now, as you know, and he received a bonus and realizing that that sacrifice was so he could get part of that bonus, we were closer to making a decision of what we needed to do with our retirement, right? And we were all, we had all these dreams and all of these things. And um, we, so in 2020, after the fast, during the fast, we were asked to put our prayer requests in the basket, right? Just like we did this year. Um, so my, my prayer was, God, give us a strategy. Please give us a strategy for the rest of our life. To thanking God for the success that we've had. And, you know, help us. The steps of a righteous man are ordered, and God knows your thoughts. And he knows when you com- that he's going to commit his plans to our life, and they will succeed. So what we weren't able to come up to a decision. So I just, this tool through prayer worked for us. So I'm going to share you really quickly what we did to get our decision of what we wanted to do with the rest of the life, our life. So I used this software matrix tool. <laughs> That's just me. We had four options. Okay, upgrade our house, stay and upgrade our vehicle. Number two, sell everything, buy an RV and a Jeep, and travel all over the world. (laughs) Number three, just buy a trailer and a truck and keep the house. Number four was sell everything, liquidate everything. Just you could live in Europe, you could do whatever, you know. I mean, we we were all out there, and and but we couldn't decide. And the reason why we couldn't, so then then okay, so once you decide all your options, one through four, then you rate what's important to your life, being healthy, financial risks, security, spirituality, God, family, stress, adventure. You take all the things that give you success or you think that are, that are important and you rate and you put them across and then each one of you and your spouse, you rank them one to ten, one to four. Fourth rank, what do you think is the best when it comes to finances which option is the least risky well what I discovered is my one and his one were totally different (laughs) and this is exactly why we could never make a decision because we had never really had conflicts about it because we do live in peace with one another but we were not on the same page and when we decided to use this which I had used this tool in my profession as a software maintenance software recommendation tool to get the best product we prayed and we agreed whatever was the score that that was what God wanted us to do now I'm not there are many ways in your life to figure out what God wants you to do this just happened to be one for work for us most important is commit your your life to him and he will show you what he wants you to do but the one that was the best was that we stay here in Houston and we didn't know that was going to be the one, you know? Um, and that's why I say God's plan for your life is so much better than you can imagine. So now, less than a year later, I now live in the Garden of Eden. We have put in this beautiful pool and spa, an outdoor kitchen, a large patio, And what so amazes me is I've been in this house for 28 years, and behind my home, God developed a retention pond 
where eagles nest and it's absolutely gorgeous and we go out in our backyard and we go that's our little garden of eden just like in 2016 when pastor prayed may your life concerning you be the garden of eden so you know i am committed to god and his church until i die um, knowing his blessings will reign in my life, leaning on him forever. Um, it's shocking to us when we walk out in our backyard and go, wow, God. I mean, I, I just say, I'm just glad I listened because <laughs> I didn't, I, I kind of knew I wanted to stay here because I had so, I'd left a home church before and it's very difficult to find a body like you all and to find a place where you feel at home and you're loved by people. And don't take that for granted. Please don't ever take that for granted and think, oh, you can just find that anywhere. Um, It's a recipe for years of of loss and a hard time to get back close to God. And there are, there, you know, I'm where I need to be. I know I am. And I wanted to um, look at James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What, was, what I wanted to pull out there is come close to God. So meeting God where he is, letting him take your burdens, where he puts you in a resting place, where he reminds you not to be anxious, where he reminds you there is peace to be still. I learned a long time ago the best thing that you can do to have peace is to get control of your mind and your thoughts, to be align them to the Word of God. The world and its constantly speaking negative thoughts to you is is it's not easy to hear all of the what the world is saying to you, but we have to trust in God and put our thoughts aligning with the Word, because God tells us to let go of the unnecessary worries. So in closing, I want to um, talk about Palm Sunday, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Like I said, this journey went along like Easter season. In closing, um, April 10th, we know that this represents Jesus coming into Jerusalem and being greeted by the people who were waving palms. And this is a reminder of our welcoming Jesus into our hearts and our willingness to follow him. The waving of a palm is a symbol of our surrender and our worship of God, our king, letting him know that he won the victory and has triumphed, how he is crowned our everlasting savior and the glory. So, so what will we give God? He won our, he, we're going to give it all to him. We're going to give it all. He's won the trophy of our life. He has awarded the best of all of our love and even our sorrows. He is trustworthy and he lives in our life. It, living for him is, the, is an honor, but we give him the greatest place of honor in our life is what we will give. And um, so that's pretty much 
what I wanted to say for my testimony about what we give to God. But this is the message to the church. Isaiah 35, please. Isaiah 35, this is the message and the prophecy for the church today. The wilderness and the wasteland, this is to Zion, shall be glad. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and the blossoms of the rose. It will blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strength. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. This is what is for the ark. That we are the Zion, we are the church of Zion. And Isaiah 35, I truly feel that we are going to be walking in these times. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each day there shall be grass with the reeds and the rushes. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. How awesome is that, that we have to get to walk on the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall be found there, but the redeemed, which was us, shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return. I am ransomed. And come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy and their, on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. So, walking on the highway of holiness, that's where we leave here today. That's where we want... I. I mean, that's a whole sermon on itself, that highway of holiness, right? But this last piece was for our church today, how I saw us being a part of healing the blind, making the, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and ourselves. That God saw something worthy in us to ransom us. I've always wanted to tell this story. I wasn't going to tell. This is a simple little story when I was a little child. And, you know, it was a delight to be able to take glass Coke bottles that had five cents on them and walk them up to the gas station. And they would actually redeem them and give us a new Coke. We would bring a whole bag of them and we would get a Coke. And I just think about me being ransomed, that I was... I had a little value that God ransomed me and thank God that he did and and he redeemed me with 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 value and crowned me 
with glory. And that um, that gives me a, a, a great joy. And I, I just want to thank Shelly for inviting me up here. And I hope that I can come back and share other stories of my life with you and encourage you um, to give to God. Um, that, I'll close in prayer. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today. Thank you that this is the season of Easter and that you are who you say you are. We believe in all that you have for us, that you rose from the dead, that you will come back to get us. We will live eternally with you. I pray blessings over all of these women here. I pray that they have a newness in their heart of joy because the joy of the Lord is their strength. And they will walk with us on the highway of holiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.